Hello and welcome to Radio IAGP. My name is Implausibly Josh and welcome to the episode for the week of November 23rd, 2020, episode 43. Real quick before we get into our first email, I wanted to say that I've been playing a little bit of Fuser. It's a pretty fun game by Harmonix where you're playing a DJ and you are making basically nightmare remixes while playing like an open air outdoor venue of some sort as like a as a dj i don't know it's very goofy on the one hand i think that it's really fun gameplay wise i find that the just the act of putting in tracks and making a really goofy mix is really fun but it also feels like maybe it's missing a handful of songs not like I think that there are any big omissions, but it just feels like there isn't a ton of songs to work with uh, right off the bat. I'm only a sixth of the way through the campaign, so maybe more songs unlock as I go through, and maybe I will find more songs that I think work for the game and what what I like to listen to in that game, but we'll see. Also, it's monetized pretty aggressively. It's a full $60 game, and then... On top of that, every song that you want to add to your game is another $2, which is a uh, pretty steep ask, I think. $1.99 is it's not a lot of money, but it can really, really rack up. It'd be different if it was like, I think the mental math would be different if it was like $5 a, a, for a pack of music, for a pack of songs, but $2 to get one song just feels bad because you're not listening to it so the price point feels comparable to buying a song on itunes for like 99 cents or dollar 29 except you're listening to the song in one very specific context and not necessarily listening to it so two dollars for that seems weird um but that's it in terms of any like negatives towards the game it's it's pretty fun uh i think that i'll have to try out the multiplayer at some point but it's pretty solid and with that let's get into the emails if you have an email, you can send them into radioiagp at gmail.com. Send in your topics, your questions, anything you'd like for me to read on the show. I appreciate it. Our first email comes from Brian. Yo, it's Brian. Ghost of Tsushima, more like Ghost of Tushima. Mm, it's not, I don't like that one, Brian. Anyways, the game has a hot spring where you see the main character's butt cheeks. However, there's no wiener present in it. What sort of sexist BS is this that I don't get to see that hog? Would game thing, the same thing happened back when Death Stranding released on PC. People immediately had Norman Reedus take a whiz and they hacked the camera to spin around and no penor detected. Back in my day, we saw a wang for like five seconds in, the, in a Grand Theft Auto DLC and everyone lost their minds and we liked it. Why are game developers so afraid of having their dudes show it all? We could render ding-dongs so accurately with modern gaming technology. We could even imagine the jiggle physics. Come on, Sony. Give the people what they want in your big-budget AAA extravaganzas. Thanks, Brian. I um, I don't know what the question is here (laughs) exactly, Um, but I really appreciate that this is an email I got to read on the show. Um, I don't know why it seems to be that women are the only characters that are naked in games. I don't subscribe to the idea that games are made only for men. 
right? Or heterosexual men specifically. Um, and so you gotta you gotta put the the ladies in revealing clothing because that's how you market it to them. So it, it's it's weird, you know. I feel like there's an underrepresented market in terms of people who want to see hog in their game. Because even if you think about games that are expressly more horny in nature, like taking a peruse through the Steam library, I think that a lot of that is catered towards a like heterosexual dude want, you know? I think it's probably just holdover from, you know, catering towards women in media like this just doesn't happen as much. So you don't get to see Hog all that often, if ever. I think nudity in games is super cheesy, though. I think that games don't know how to act, you know? Like, I think that gaming as a as an industry just doesn't know how to behave. So I think that if games did start putting in full nudity like that and you got to see Hog, um, I think it would just feel really weird. Because I, I feel like a lot of times when games do stuff like that, it's... It's done in like a look, look mom and dad, I'm, I'm an adult now. Does that make sense? Like you know how video games are always trying to be movies, right? And a movie has a nudity in it that makes it a different type of movie. You know what I mean? Oh, this is edgy or oh, this is important now because I got to see some, I don't know, boobies most likely. And I think that's really what it comes down to. It's just like a holdover for, for a lot of weird cultural norms we have in the States on top of the idea that you're putting nudity in a game to prove something. I think that's where it's at. Also, I think that there would be a huge think of the children aspect if that ever happened more often. And there'd be a lot of pushback that way. I think whatever, show whatever part of the body you want to show in those video games, as long as you make sure it's upfront in terms of allowing your potential customers to know potential players thank you for the email brian here's a quick one from anonymous so what is your favorite soda i think i answered what my favorite coffee was on podcast but not my favorite soda my favorite soda is vanilla coke by the way i'm a big fan of vanilla coke vanilla coke is like my go-to extravagant soda that i don't drink all the time like i i have soda pretty often not gonna lie and even vanilla coke i'm like that's a little too rich for me i'm gonna save that for a special occasion i want to try that beer float dr pepper float dr pepper cream soda dr pepper cream soda dr pepper that's what it is i'm also a huge fan of cream soda and that sounds like a heavenly combination i'm not the biggest fan of fruit sodas like i like a fanta but it's not my preferred soda Oh, and I will try pretty much any soda, be it like the Jones ones, weird natural sodas. I was into that um, brand like Blue Sky or whatever, that like more all natural soda. I'm also big into trying like dollar store foods. Um, I used to basically live off them because here's a tip for people who are struggling to make ends meet when it comes to food. Um, The dollar store has the cheapest bread, full loaves of bread for a dollar. You go to a grocery store, that's at least two dollars. No, go to, go to the, if you have a dollar tree or a dollar store that sells food and they have bread, pick up a loaf of bread there instead. It's so much cheaper. Hell, that, that, a loaf of bread, potted meat, and like cheese gets you through a lunch. The loaf of bread that's going to last you like, what, two weeks? If you have lunch every day, get a couple cans of potted meat. They're not normally a dollar, they're normally less. 
cheese might have to splurge on, but hey, for like, call it five bucks, you can give yourself lunch every day for two weeks. Pretty good deal, I think. But I, I was going somewhere with this, which is that I always liked trying the dollar store sodas because, hey, getting name brand Coke or even in some cases, the off-brand soda was a little expensive. Going to the dollar store and getting something, that's where the that's where the cheap stuff is. And it tastes fine. That's a tip from me to you. When you go grocery shopping, try and get what you can to the dollar store first. It should be cheaper. And then pick up any extras you need from the next the next expensive store up. My my ladder was start at the dollar store, go up to Walmart, and then H-E-B for anything else I couldn't get. But for the most part, dollar store and Walmart could get you covered and get you and and be like extremely cheap, like in a, in a what feels like a criminal way. That's my tip to you. That's Josh's tip for the podcast. Um, let's move on to another email. Uh, here's another one from Brian. Brian asks, best video game plant. Thank you, Brian. Hmm. PD Piranha because he is a person. Thank you, Brian. And finally, our last question or email for the episode making video games into movies is so last year who cares about a live action monster hunter sonic or mario what video game would you make into a cartoon from animated in arkansas thank you animated in arkansas hmm what video game would you make into a cartoon i'm assuming i'm making a new cartoon i'm not going like we're making another season of the super mario brothers super show I'm assuming that's maybe a little bit not what they're looking for. I think Hitman as like a mini series would be pretty good. I think it's like goofy enough and it's violence in the game itself feels very like stage play violence, if that makes sense. When Agent 47, I think it's his name, when Agent 47 like snaps someone's neck, the head doesn't move. His hands move. He just does the the, the the neck snap, the hand on the chin, hand on the back of the head movement. But the body itself doesn't really move. Does that make sense? So I think it's like kind of slapstick in a way and kind of like theatrical in its presentation. Like when you, you shoot someone, you don't see a, like it's not gory. It just happens. It's almost like it's a big play that you're controlling and people just kind of go and then fall over. You know, so I think that that would be interesting to kind of translate that energy into a cartoon, especially with all the uh, the overarching plot points from that show or from that game, excuse me, uh, I, I think could make for an interesting thing for an interesting show. This is a little bit of a cop out because Spider-Man cartoons are plenty, but I think the idea of a of like a Spider-Man cartoon that takes place in the Spider-Man PS4 universe would be interesting. It doesn't have to focus on Peter Parker. It could focus on Miles. Honestly, any supporting Spider-Man hero I think would be interesting to see in that universe and in an episodic format. I think also Zelda would work really well as an animation, as some type of cartoon series or series of movies or whatever. I think especially the look of Breath of the Wild shows that really fluid in a way that is just engrossing. And I think that having an entire show like that would just be incredible. Like, I don't remember much of Castlevania Netflix series, but 
What I do remember is that it looked incredible. It just looked really good. Everything felt fluid and cool and like it was really gory and like that's not a plus necessarily. It's just that like it's stylized. It has a style and it sticks to it and it's very interesting. And I think that you can tell a Zelda story there. Tell a unique Zelda story in animation. Don't try and rehash a different Zelda game that already exists. Make a new Zelda story in in that universe. I think that would work really well. Anyways, thank you for the email. And with that being said, we're done with this episode. Thank you so much if you sent in emails. You have emails to send in to us. Please send them into radioiagp at gmail.com. We read them all and we appreciate every single one of them. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at implausiblyj. Follow the brand on Twitter at implausiblya. You can follow us on YouTube, search implausibly average. And finally, I released a tabletop RPG. It's called Sparking, a Dragon Ball Z-inspired, powered-by-the-apocalypse game, and it is on itch.io, so check that out. Look for it there. Uh, And with that all being said, thank you so much for listening. See you all next time. Later.